0: Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it.
1: Hey, welcome back. Today we are looking at Psalms 73, 77, and 78. Uh, We've kind of talked about it a little bit. I think we're going to focus primarily on 78, but just to do justice to the other two, um, let's talk a little bit about 73 and 77.
0: I noticed when I read 73 this time around, uh, there was a lot that mentioned um, basically being almost like disgusted with the people who are not pure in heart and how they are just basically surrounded by lavish things. They have wealth. Um, yeah. And it's almost like this, what's the word I want? Like envious situation that David finds himself in when referring to these because he's just like, oh, my word, like, how are these people so successful, so, like, adorned with all these good things? But at the end of the day, like, they don't actually desire the Lord or follow after him.
1: That is similar to Psalm 49. We looked at that one probably two days ago. Yeah. Um, and that that was a central concept in that, too. Like, serve the Lord and don't be worried about the riches mm-hmm. that other people have. It's fun. It's funny. Um, as I was reading over, I was like, you know, it's it's really hard to read these psalms and believe a prosperity gospel. It's really yeah. hard to read these and think, man, like God just wants us to be rich and prosperous always. Mm-hmm. Because the psalmist um continually talks about like, man, the evil people have everything they need. And I know there, there are well-off Christians. There are people who God has blessed with prosperity. Though I do not believe that God blesses everyone with prosperity. Um, I think a lot about how Paul says he's learned to be content in every season and circumstance. Mm-hmm. And the the call on a Christian's life is to honor the Lord despite our circumstances. Right. Um, so that was something I found myself thinking about reading over that Psalm.
0: Well, it also stuck out to me too. Like, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm like just putting that in my own words or if I actually read it, that's terrible, but <laughs> um, it maybe just caused me to think about it. Um, basically, I mean, how easy is that for us to do today? Like, when you're relying so heavily on... Actually, I think it was a book that I was reading for a class. So, totally. Yeah. I mean, same idea, but yeah. not what we're reading right now. Uh, but it's basically, like, if you're living within, like, a perfect world, if you will. Like, you have everything at your fingertips because of wealth, because of um, things you've been blessed with. Sometimes, if you're not careful, it, like... it. It gives you reason to not trust in God anymore.
1: I, I think you're accidentally setting us up for Psalm 78. Uh, right. Because because the message of Psalm 78 is, uh, I, part of it, is that God blessed the people, God mm-hmm, blessed the people, mm-hmm. God blessed the people, and they almost resented him the more he blessed them. Like,
0: why didn't he give so me this too?
1: There's, there's a lot in Psalm 78. I'm excited to talk about it. But one of the examples is, well, two. Uh, God gave them water out of a rock and yet they continued to cry about more water from the rock. God gave them quail from the heavens and they were mad about the quail. It, says, it actually says like while the food was yet in their mouths <laughs> they started to complain. Mm-hmm. So it's like God give me a steak and then you're like eating the steak and it's like ah! Why isn't this rare? Well I
0: mean, <laughs>
1: that's a whole other issue. But
0: but I just I think that idea is very interesting because it's such an easy switch. Yeah, I do it in my own life and dangerous. it might not necessarily be with like money but like things that i want to see happen Yeah, maybe and then it's just like well okay that worked out like i don't i don't need to con like converse with god about this xyz issue because that worked out really well whatever and then when i find myself in a situation where i'm like oh wait this isn't what i wanted then it's like oh god help me do what yeah. was well me whatever so i think it's just yeah. like a good reminder too but anyway those are the things that i had picked out of that and those initial shorter chapters, which leads us into 78.
1: So 78 is 72 verses. It's, it's definitely longer than a lot of the Psalms we've been reading. Uh, it's not the longest Psalm, but it's a little bit lengthier than some of them. And what what draws me to it, um, I still resonate with this kind of like teaching and preaching. It, it's basically like a hist- It's like a sweeping historical overview of what God has done for his people.
0: You mean 78? Yeah.
1: yeah. It, it's like, it, it walks us through the story of Israel. I mean, we've been doing God's plan your part for several months now, so we've read all the details of this story, but Psalm 78 is basically going to sum it up and talk about basically how God is gracious despite the sinfulness of his people. That's kind of the conclusion of the psalm, is that God has done all these good things, the Israelites continue to turn away from God, and yet God has blessed them with a leader like David, who is going to lead them back into God's presence.
0: Well, something I really appreciate too is that this is this is a unique psalm in that it is still very poetic in nature, but it is a straight up history. And the like the the title for it um, that was added to it. Obviously, this was not original, but it says, "Tell the coming generation." Mm-hmm. So it's like this. Um, remembrance of all the things that had happened. And something that I really appreciated um, was in verses five and six, where it talks about um, basically just passing on this testimony um, to future generations. So teach their children. This is what verse five says. It says he commanded, meaning Jacob, uh, commanded our fathers to teach their children. The next generation might know them, the children yet unborn and arise and tell their children. So it's like this continue to remind people because how quickly, again, how quickly we forget when we find ourselves in circumstances that don't necessarily seem great, how quickly we forget all the things that God has done up until that point. Um, so that really, that was interesting to me as well. Um, and kind of going off of what you were saying earlier, just like having all these miracles and then kind of what I was just talking about with passing the generations, a verse that I had underlined that stuck out to me, Um, That kind of goes along with all of this is in verse 42. It says they did not remember his power or the day when he redeemed them from their foe. And that's just, again, that's pointing back to Egypt. Um, But how quick we are to forget what God has done if we don't like tell our kids, tell the people around us, write it down for people to know in the future generations of what God has done on behalf of his people.
1: Uh, One interesting thing to draw out. I thought you were going to go there, but you didn't. Mm. Um, Verse, what is it? Verse six. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn. Mm -hmm. Uh, God is giving a command through this psalm, through the psalmist, uh, that there is a plan in place that those who are yet unborn receive like the story of redemption, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I guess it, it could be grasping a little bit because I don't. I mean, obviously they would have understood, like a sanctity of life that we are made in God's image and therefore we should not be eliminated. Mm-hmm. Um, but here you do have a command from God to teach uh, the word, the story uh, to unborn children, mm-hmm. and so it's the idea. The idea is not that you're preaching to unborn children, but it is that there is a plan in place for those. Who have not even yet be, been so born? Like
0: the preservation idea. You again. could
1: use this is not the strongest verse. You could use. There's much stronger verses, but you could use this verse to support the idea that that abortion goes against God, mm-hmm. and there is a clear idea here from the psalmist that those who are unborn deserve what those who are already born have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's it is a little bit of a grasp, and and it's I'm not saying that because I don't believe it. I do believe it, and there's many passages that support it much stronger than this. Uh, but there is a concern for the unborn here in this psalm. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today.
0: Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart but as for me my feet had almost stumbled my steps had nearly slipped for i was envious of the arrogant when i saw the prosperity of the wicked for they have no pangs until death their bodies are fat and sleek they are not in trouble as others are they are not stricken like the rest of mankind therefore pride is their necklace violence covers them as a garment their eyes swell out through fatness their hearts overflow with follies They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore his people turn back to them, and find no fault in them. And they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean, and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a worrisome task, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Truly you set them in slippery places, you make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors, like a dream when one awakes— O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And There is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You shall put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near to God. I have made the Lord my God, my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. Psalm 77 I cry out to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I considered the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises to an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I say, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron.
1: Psalm 78 Give here, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might, and the wonders that He has done. He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. The Ephraimites, armed with the bow, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, but refused to walk according to his law. They forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them, In the sight of their fathers he performed wonders. In the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zon, he divided the sea and let them pass through it, and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a fiery light. He split rocks in the wilderness, and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock, and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? He struck the rock so that the water gushed out and streams overflowed. Can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of wrath. A fire kindled against Jacob. His anger rose against Israel, because they did not believe in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. And he rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Man ate the bread of the angels. He sent them food in abundance. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens. And by his power he led out of the south wind. He rained meat on them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings. And they ate and were filled. For he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and he killed the strongest of them, and laid low the young men of Israel. In spite of all this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. So he made their days vanish like a breath, and their years in terror. When he killed them, they sought him. They repented and sought God earnestly. They remembered that God was their rock. The Most High God, their Redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Their heart was not steadfast toward him. They were not faithful to his covenant. Yet he, being compassionate, atoned for their iniquity, and did not destroy them. He restrained his anger often, and he did not stir up all his wrath. He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passes and comes not again. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness, and grieved him in the desert. They tested God again and again, and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power, or the day when he redeemed them from the foe, when he performed his signs in Egypt and his marvels in the fields of Zon. He turned the rivers to blood, so that they could not drink of their streams. He sent among them swarms of flies which devoured them, and frogs which destroyed them. He gave their crops to the destroying locusts, and the fruit of their labor to the locusts. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamores with frost. He gave their cattle to hail and their flocks to thunderbolts. He let loose on them his burning anger, wrath, indignation, and distress, a company of destroying angels. He made a path for his anger. He did not spare them from death, but gave their lives over to the plague. He struck down every firstborn in Egypt, the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. Then he led out his people like sheep, and guided them into the wilderness like a flock. He led them in safety so that they were not afraid, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies, and he brought them to his holy land, to a mountain which his right hand had won. He drove out nations before them, he apportioned them for a possession, and settled the tribes of Israel in their tents. Yet they tested and rebelled against the Most High God, and did not keep his testimonies, but turned away and acted treacherously like their fathers." They twisted like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places. They moved him to jealousy with their idols. When God heard, he was full of wrath, and he utterly rejected Israel. He forsook his dwelling at Shiloh, the tent where he dwelt among mankind, and delivered his power to captivity, his glory to the hand of the foe. He gave his people over to the sword, and vented his wrath on his heritage. Fire devoured their young men, and their young women had no marriage song. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awoke as from sleep, like a strong man shouting because of wine, and he put his adversaries to rout. He put them to everlasting shame. He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth which has founded forever. He chose David his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, and following the nursing ewes he brought him, to shepherd Jacob his people, Israel his inheritance. With upright heart he shepherded them, and guided them with his skillful hand. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.